You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Ron Bachman, and this is Healthcare Insight. You know, we're only days away from a presidential election, and many of you listening to this in the future may know what the results are already. It may take weeks or months to know for sure, but the reality is that we've got dramatic differences in what might happen depending upon this election on November 3rd. President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden have very different ideas on what we should do with national health reform, expanding what we have with Obamacare, replacing it with a Medicare for all, replacing it with a single-payer system. And on the Trump side, it's about expanding private market solutions, lowering some regulations, creating price transparency, putting together a comprehensive bill that could pass both houses of Congress and be signed into law, much that's going to depend upon who controls the House and the Senate. And it's going to affect you and your lives out there, those people listening to this podcast, whichever direction we go, whichever outcome of the election occurs, I think we're going to have a great national debate about health care reform. And depending upon the outcome of Congress, things may be just rushed through and pushed through, much like Obamacare was in 2010. Very few people realized that there was not a single Republican vote for that plan. And President Obama promised that he would not sign a bill that was not that was partisan in nature. He wanted it to be a comprehensive bill, but agreed to by both parties. Well, we know among all the different lies that were stated back then that that was a big one because they didn't care what Republicans wanted. They didn't care what Republicans thought. They just wanted to pass a health pass a health care reform bill that was to their liking. They did it on Christmas Eve in the House. They did it with tricks. They did it with buying off votes of various Democrats who objected to different parts of it. But we have what we have. And now the election is going to make a big difference on where we go from here. But whatever happens, I hope there is at least a debate about the role of government and the role of the private market system in health care reform. So I want to return to the concept of free market solutions. Hopefully that's where we are after this election, trying to figure out what a private market solution will look like, what it will include. The president has laid out various basic principles, ideas, direction to go. It's not his role to put together legislation. It's the Congress's role to put together legislation. It's the president's role to take leadership and put out basic principles and guidance and direction for legislators. He's done that. But the legislature, because we're in a divided Congress, we don't get very far. We don't get very much done in terms of real health care reform because vested interests are perfectly happy with what we have and don't want to change. So let me talk about a concept I've discussed before on these podcasts, but I want to go over it again, and I want to 
flush it out a little bit more. It's a concept that I call personalized health insurance. So those of you listening to this and want to hear more about free market, private market solutions and how it would work to replace Obamacare, it's all laid out in full detail. I can only hope that some politician picks it up, decides to go forward with it, wants to know more about it, adds to it. But certainly the concept and the basic principles behind personalized health insurance is something that is solid, meaningful, can save lives, can improve the health of a vast part of the population that are in desperate need for health care. The people who are sickest among us, it would help them the most. So if you're listening to this, you may know that it's time to get real. Your life and the lives of your family members are at stake. Now imagine if you were in control of developing a plan for a hassle-free affordable health insurance reform package. I know those of you listening, most of you are not policy wonks or even health insurance experts. So to help you, I've kind of laid out the basics of a plan for you to consider and even build upon. That's true of both you listening out there, lay people, and also politicians, staff to politicians, those people who are influencers around politicians, doctors who may be listening to this, human resource managers that may be listening to this. All of you have an environment around you that you have some influence on, that you can share your ideas and it can build and you don't know where it's going to reach. It's got that ripple effect. So the solution I want to talk about is called personalized health insurance, where you don't have to settle for what is currently offered, and you can get the health insurance you want, health care where you want it, all at an affordable price. Like any consumer product, health insurance should be personalized to your unique needs. Now, I know that many of you are angry because Congress has failed you. Republicans cannot agree on a rational health reform plan, and Democrats struck out with Obamacare. You will likely get angry once you know the secrets of why affordable health insurance has not been developed, and real reform seems so distant. No one seems accountable to you or to the public at large. So let's go on, and you'll learn more about why you're not getting what you want and how to force a new approach, a new solution into the marketplace that will benefit you and your family. So the most important thing is that you'll discover a new way forward where you can build on those ideas to get what you want. You don't want more empty political promises or bumper sticker slogans. You have an American can-do spirit. You want solutions now. Well, I introduced myself at the beginning of this podcast. I'm Ron Bachman. And I know that initially in talking about any kind of health reform, I'm supposed to describe my expertise and my credentials. You can find some of that on the America's Web Radio website. You can read those details on that website. 
I'll simply say I know the arguments for delay, deny, and defeat that vested establishment interests have used against you and the general public. I know health care. I worked in and consulted with all the major health care and insurance players for over 50 years. I've worked the halls of Congress at the state and the federal level. I've testified in over 30 states. I've presented multiple times before congressional panels. I've provided expert advice to federal and state agencies. And I've helped pass legislation by both Republicans and Democrats. So I want to pull back the curtain of lies and deception. I want you to know about the forces working against your interests. More importantly, I want you to know what you can do about it. I want to cut through the dishonesty of politicians and insurance companies. For many years, they have delayed discussing solutions with endless debate over, is insurance a right or a privilege? And quite honestly, I don't care. That's just a distraction. You and I are more practical. You and I need health insurance to access health care. You and I need affordable insurance now for wellness, early intervention, and prevention. Our families need insurance as protection against potential future hospital stays that could bankrupt us. Politicians say we need a national conversation on health reform. They send out opinion surveys that are really a ruse for fundraising. Have they ever responded back to you? No, you simply get another letter asking for money. You see, once they know you have an interest in health reform, they will use that topic to solicit more contributions. Now think about insurance company executives. They say we listen to our customers. Right. When was the last time you spoke to an insurance CEO? Unlikely. They stay isolated in their large home office buildings with guards and security codes people like you and me away. Just try it sometime. Walk into one of those granite edifices and ask to speak to the CEO. Watch the verbal runaround and access barriers that suddenly go up. So does that mean we're helpless? No. We may be subject to the whims of powerful elected and unelected officials and a dysfunctional insurance system, but I submit we are not helpless. So how do we work together to get what we want rather than what some politician or insurance company thinks we need? Well, here's how we win. There's some real solutions that can help you and your family. It's just that no one wants to talk about them. Keep in mind, most solutions that help you work against the interests of lobbyists in the healthcare and political establishment. First, you need to know what they're keeping secret from you. What is it? Simply knowledge. Why? Because knowledge is power. With knowledge, you can use your two most powerful weapons, your voice and your vote. How can you leverage that into action? Trust me, an informed and angry voter gets a politician's attention. Informed and committed voters scare the pants off of them. Have you ever thought that voting was a waste of time? That's what many want you to think. Without the public voting, lobbyists with their political contributions become a more powerful voice. 
If you think one vote will never change the world, you are wrong. In 2010, Obamacare was passed by one vote from a dead person. Yes, a dead person. Senator Kennedy died after being part of the Senate 60-vote filibuster-proof approval of Obamacare. He was replaced by Senator Scott Brown, who ran in opposition to Obamacare. But the House representatives used a political trick to avoid a Senate revote. So we got Obamacare by the margin of a dead man's vote. So one vote or a few votes can change the world. Consumers have been ignored for too long. What I want in this week and some in the next week and maybe even the following week to bring the consumer patient back to the center of any reform discussion. The idea is a that we get together, that we talk about, that we balance the interests of consumers and the other stakeholders, but the consumer has to be at the center. Well, let's take a quick break right now. We're going to come back. We're going to sort of flesh out these ideas of patient-centered, personalized health insurance. Be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B., host of the Locked and Loaded Show on America's Web Radio. Join me live every Tuesday at 1500 for the best in gun news, gun products, and gun politics. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. We're talking about personalized health insurance. How you can get the health insurance you need in order to access the health care that you want. Well, we finished up the last segment by talking about how important your vote is. We're in the middle of an election season. Actually, we're sort of at the end of an election season. It's only a few weeks away till the uh, November 3rd, 2020 election for president. All the House of Representatives are up. And somewhere around 33 or 35 Senate members are up. And we're talking about how important your vote is. We talked about how Obamacare was passed by one vote from a dead person. Ted Kennedy. So if you don't understand how one vote can change the world, think back to some recent elections. In 2000, George W. Bush won the presidency by 547 disputed hanging Chad votes in Florida and a 5-4 to four Supreme Court decision on how to count those votes. So just one vote on the Supreme Court made a difference. And just a handful of votes made a difference in those counting those hanging chads. In 2016, Donald Trump won the presidency by winning several states by only a few thousand votes. So remember, passage of laws, even if by one vote, like Obamacare, can force you to buy government-controlled health insurance. 
They can force you to pay for insurance you don't want and you don't need. They can increase your taxes and add penalties for noncompliance. Now, you may say you hate politics, but the thing you probably hate is not so much politics, but the intrusive effects of coercive politics, them making you do things you don't really want to do and putting it into law. Well, consumers have been ignored for too long. So let's take a look at this idea of personalized health insurance that I say is a solution ready to go right now. Well, like all things in health insurance, it can be a little complicated. So let me clear this slate a little bit and tell you what personalized health insurance is not. Personalized health insurance does not include short-term disability plans, fixed indemnity, limited benefit, or credit insurance coverage issued as a supplement to liability insurance or insurance arising out of workers' compensation or similar laws, automotive medical payment insurance, or insurance under which benefits are payable with or without regard to fault, which is statutorily required to be contained in any liability insurance policy or equivalent self-insurance. So personalized health insurance takes some of those areas of insurance off the table. Now, what is so important about personalized health insurance and how does it differ from other reforms that you may have read about, talked about, or heard from either the Republican or Democratic side? Well, the big difference is two words, risk segmentation. Risk segmentation, I repeat again. And why is that important? Because you have a right to be grouped with others who have similar health risks, good or bad. Because only then will you be able to get relevant and timely information, appropriate level of coverage, and proper medical care at an affordable insurance premium. That's what we're going to be talking about, risk segmentation. Because we all know that insurance is based on a concept of risk pooling. That is, sharing potential costs with a large group of similar risks. But what does similar risks mean? It means grouping people by their health status. And I'll throw out four categories. Catastrophic claimants. People with cancer, rare diseases, head trauma, and burns. A second category will be chronic and persistent illnesses. Things that you have that aren't going to go away, you're not going to recover from, you have to learn how to live with them. Things like asthma, diabetes, heart disease, and mental health conditions. Third category, at-risk acute conditions. That is things like smoking, high blood pressure, and being overweight. You're at risk for those with those conditions for having more health care costs and needs for health care than the general public. And the fourth category I'll mention is well, people who are well. Many of them have no claims, they're low risk, 
they maintain a good nutritious diet, and they have active lifestyles. So there's four categories with very different needs in our health insurance marketplace. Catastrophic, chronic and persistent, at risk, and well. Now what about those four? What makes them so different? What are the numbers? Well, let's take the well category first. On average, 63% of the population are generally well. They create only about 12% of claims. So if you're part of this population, you should have lower premiums and benefit from your healthy lifestyle, your well-being, and be grouped with others like you. Now, about 20% of the population are what I've called at-risk for medical care. This group generates about 20% of claims. This group needs programs like smoking cessation, diet support, nutrition education, prenatal care, and family planning. This group can lower premiums by prevention and early intervention. So even though today they have higher than average claims by a small amount, because they're only 20% of the population but generate 25% of the claims, those premiums can be lowered as well if we get them the right preventive care and take early intervention when they have problems. Now, 16% of the population are what I call chronic impaired risks. That 16% of the population has about 41% of the claims. So those who are chronic and persistent illnesses or diseases need significant medical care. Their average cost per person is dramatically above the average for all of us, putting all groups together. So this group would benefit the most from medical maintenance and stabilization. Those with asthma, diabetes, heart disease, and mental health issues can lower premiums by following treatment plans and being compliant with their doctor's orders. So you can see, regardless of what population you might be in, these first three groups, there's dramatic things that you can do as a patient, as an individual concerned about their own health, concerned about your family and the impact your, your poor health might have on other people, both at home and at work and around your community. So you can do a number of things to live better with those chronic impaired risks, have a better lifestyle, have fewer hospitalizations, by just following your treatment plan and being compliant with your doctor's orders. Now let's take the last category. There's only about 1% of the population that are in what I've called catastrophic impaired risks. This group of health risk deserves every possible help and support. These are the people that are typically ignored and forgotten, dismissed with other healthcare reforms because we create this one size fits all single pool concept under Obamacare. That's not fair to these people. These people generate about 15% of claims, even though they're only 1% of the population. So if catastrophic impaired health risk were segmented into a separate insurance pool, we could provide them with all the services, all the information, all the capability to help them with their health care issues. This group would be provided with the proper care and treatment. 
yes, they're going to need some state and federal premium subsidies because they're high risk. One percent of the population with 15 percent of the claims. But they need the most help, not the least help. We shouldn't be shunning these people off as we used to do in the past when we called high risk pools. These people were high risk. We shoved them off, didn't give them the help and support they needed. They need to be offered all the information and all the expertise that we have in this country. The centers of excellence should be available to these folks to help them in every way, shape, and form. Now, neither neither, neither politicians nor insurance industry leaders are discussing this risk segmentation approach. Why? Because it upsets the status quo. Some argue it's not politically correct and could stigmatize that high-risk population. Others say it's too much like the system we had before, that we're going to identify people in these various categories. And I've offered up four very clear, distinct categories of consumers and patients that need different types of help. Politicians, it seems, really don't want to know or understand all this. And they seem to prefer a centralized, one-size-fits-all approach. That's how we got Obamacare's single risk pool, with everyone lumped together. A single risk pool system is where everybody's premium is based on everybody else's health risk. There's no differentiation based on health maintenance, lifestyle, treatment compliance. And even sometimes it's not even based on age and gender where we know there are significant differences in the services and the health status that's needed. There's no financial benefit to being healthy and getting healthy or even staying healthy under a single risk pool concept. So how do we open up the minds to these new ideas and innovation, innovative solutions? Well, I think back to a mentor of mine, Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House. He used to say that there are two ways to approach a problem. The first is no because. And the second is yes if. You see, the difference is that the no-because people want to protect the status quo and their personal interests. A no-because mentality inhibits the debate. It says it's all over. We can't do it just because I said no. It prevents brainstorming and considering alternatives. A yes-if person takes the same concerns and finds a solution. Yes, we can do this if. So if you're a yes-if person listening to this broadcast, We're going to continue on and show you how you can gain control over your health and health care needs. It could be a matter of life or death for your family member. So stay tuned for the final sessions as we talk about personalized health insurance and why it's so important for you to really become understanding of this concept that you are the one that matters and you're Healthcare issues, your healthcare needs are unique and really should be addressed in any kind of reform program. So let's take another break and we'll be right back with more on personalized health insurance. This is Jim Davis with Operation Santa. Each year we purchase Christmas gifts for all of the children of all Georgia servicemen and women who are deployed overseas during the holidays. Our annual fundraising event, the Freedom Fighters Open Golf Tournament, is being held on Friday. November 6th at the Bridge Mill Golf Club in Canton, Georgia. 
I would like to personally invite you to join us in raising money to support Georgia's troops and their families. For more information and to register a team, go to OperationSanta.org. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. McAllister's Auto Transport is a privately held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800-748-3160, or you can reach us on the web at McAllister's.com, and that's M C C O L L. I-S-T-E-R-S dot com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. Hey folks, this is Victor Armanderas with the On Point with Victor show. Just to remind you, don't miss every Tuesday 2 to 3 live right here on America's Web Radio. And remember, I'm not angry, I'm just right. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Healthcare Insight. And we've been presenting a lot of information already today about a new concept called personalized health insurance. To get you the health insurance you want in order to get the health care you need. So I want to continue with this process of looking at what is personalized health insurance. Now, I want to warn you, don't be fooled by what you might hear around health insurance reform from both the Republicans and Democrats because nobody seems to have a really good solution here. So I want to be sure that you understand some of the basics. Because it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Political health reform proposals are typically confusing, on purpose. It's what I call political sleight of hand. So don't be fooled by politicians and health industry lobbyists. They try to sound smart by purposely making things sound complicated. One trick they use, for example, is to point a finger of blame at someone else. Yes, we have a dysfunctional healthcare system. We all can agree to that. But insurers blame hospitals and doctors. And hospitals blame insurers. Doctors blame lawyers. Employers blame non-compliant employees. Politicians blame other politicians. And so on. The blame game goes on with no solution. It's an easy way for nothing to get done because no one takes responsibility and everybody's responsible. Let me tell you about another trick that they use. It's to purposely talk about comprehensive solutions. In 2019, health care represented 17.8% of our gross domestic product. Any industry that large has lots of lobbyists and vested interests. They'll suggest comprehensive reforms all day long because what they know is comprehensive solutions include so many extra items 
that everybody is against some part of a comprehensive plan. So guess what? Nothing gets done. They assume that you and I are too stupid to understand details of health insurance. Yeah, I know it's complicated, but they use industry and political shorthand letters like COB, CON, HDHP, CDHC, and many more insider terms to reinforce that we couldn't possibly understand the complexity of health care or health insurance. But it really doesn't take a rocket scientist to know the difference between health insurance and health care. While they are intertwined, health care is when one receives services from medical providers like doctors and hospitals. Health insurance is how one finances those medical services. Now, the reality is that Obamacare was really more about health insurance reform than health care reform. So the antidote to Obamacare is also about changing and implementing a new system of health insurance and then health care reform can follow. But if we don't start with health insurance reform, we're never going to get health care reform. Health insurance reform should focus on private market coverages. There's about 176 million Americans that access their health care through employer-sponsored health insurance or through individual health insurance policies. Whether it is employer-sponsored or individual coverage, we are all concerned about three things. One, the cost of health insurance. Two, coverage of pre-existing conditions. And three, our out-of-pocket expenses. So let me talk about this broader concept that really feeds into the discussion of private, privatized health insurance, personalized health insurance. It's a concept that I call healthcare consumerism. Now, you are a health insurance consumer. Efficient free markets always respond to consumer demands for products, services, and information. It's time to try a system that focuses on the consumer and patient needs when we're talking about health insurance reform. Some will tell you that we've already tried a free market approach in the years before Obamacare. But pre-Obamacare insurance was not a free market. You and I know that that was a bad system. Oh, some of us got the insurance we want, but too many people were left out. Before Obamacare and the healthcare lobbyists had their way, that structure included laws and regulations where, one, consumers were powerless when seeking to purchase coverage, two, insurance restricted providers and services patients could access, three, cost and quality information was hidden from us, four, individual consumers had no power to negotiate premiums or understand why they were even rejected for coverage. And five, a few powerful insurers, limited coverages, provider alternatives, planned choices, innovation, and pricing competition. We don't want that. We don't want to go back to that. That was a bad system. 
What you may not know is that those laws and regulations were mostly written by insurance industry lawyers. For those insiders, limited competition and market share drives the process. That's where the insurance companies gain. Consumers are ignored. We don't want to revert to that system. We can't let insurance industry lobbyists write the laws post-Obamacare. We'll only get shafted a second time. You are a consumer, as I've said. Efficient, free markets always respond to consumer demands for products, services, and information. But we have never had a free market for health insurance. It's time we try the system that focuses on the consumer and patient needs. Politicians and insurers aren't working to help you and me. Let's get that straight. Politicians have been promising repeal and replace plans for over 10 years, yet nothing is done. They have either been unable or unwilling to develop an alternative to Obamacare. Moreover, since 2002, insurers and their lobbyists have been fighting against expanding account-based plans and health savings accounts. Why? Because HSAs put some control in the hands of consumers. So recognize this truth. Lobbyists and existing vested interests will preserve the status quo and work against your interests in choices, treatment options, and affordable insurance. It's time to demand change that acknowledges your unique needs, personalized health insurance. This new health insurance system is consumer-driven and patient-centric. Personalized health insurance is an approach to get you the insurance you want, when you want it, at an affordable price. Now, you and I want coverage improvements, affordability, and more treatment and health care options. It's time we took control. We can't let government or insurance bureaucracies come between the patient-provider relationship. We cannot let them set rules that tell doctors what they can and cannot do. They cannot be allowed to say who we can see for our health care or what treatments we are prescribed. So I want to detail this hour and next week how personalized health insurance will improve the delivery of care, lower premiums, improve quality of treatments, and add new choices. As for coverage, personalized health insurance includes the most popular changes that were actually implemented under the Obamacare program. They are the most consumer-oriented features. Now, they weren't enough to help Obamacare really meet consumer needs, but there were some items in there that were valuable and were implemented under that program. And I would list out five of them. First, guaranteed issue of insurance so that anybody who wants insurance is going to be able to get insurance. Two, coverage of pre-existing conditions. This has been the focus for most healthcare reform proposals. Democrats saying they're going to cover pre-existing conditions like Obamacare. Republicans saying they're going to cover it as well, but Democrats saying, no, you're not really going to cover it because you've got this court case going on challenging Obamacare. And if you get rid of that, you get rid of pre-existing conditions. Well, the reality is the president has laid out the basic principles for the health insurance reform, 
that he wants to see come from Congress. And his executive order says it has to be covered. He will not sign anything unless it covers pre-existing conditions. So that's the basic principle. That's already there. It is not going to go away. Third, dependent coverage to age 26. Most states did this before Obamacare anyway, so it just became a talking point. But it's not a a real issue that was a problem before Obamacare because even some states went to 28 or age 30. So 26 was sort of common. Probably the the vast majority or at least the plurality uh, of states before that had restrictions on children being covered went to age 25. So 26 was no big deal. The fourth is to continue with the unlimited lifetime maximum coverage. Now, that didn't exist before Obamacare, and that was a really good thing they put in. The reason it didn't is because the reinsurance companies, which took on that high level of risk, unlimited lifetime maximum, didn't offer those products to insurance companies or to large employers. When Obamacare passed, they were forced, if they're going to stay in business, to actually offer that product. So that was a new product that came out of Obamacare that really was a valuable addition to the health insurance marketplace. And five, comprehensive major medical coverage insurance for those who want the guaranteed issue with the most comprehensive, full coverage type programs. But Obamacare kind of mandated that it had to be comprehensive coverage, whereas personalized health insurance, much like the president's proposals, would allow different options. You know, there's a ad on TV for property and casualty insurance. It says only buy what you need. Well, that ought to carry over to health insurance as well. Only buy what you need. Don't have a one-size-fits-all. Don't let the federal government tell you what you need and what you don't need. So personalized health insurance builds on the strengths of this country. It includes the efficiencies, innovation, choices, and consumer focus of a free market with consumer protections, patient empowerment, and limited government oversight. It does not include the least popular features such as pricing distortions by age, excessive coverage mandates, limited policy choices, and single risk pooling. So if we cannot unite around a version of consumer-oriented personalized health insurance, then surely we will all head towards a one-size-fits-all government structure that fails to meet your unique insurance needs. Let's take a break right now, and we're going to come back and we'll talk more about personalized health insurance as a private market solution for health reform. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B., host of the Locked and Loaded Show on America's Web Radio. Be sure to join us live every Tuesday at 1500 hours for the latest in gun news, gun products, gun politics, and other gun-related stuff. That's Tuesday, 1500 hours, America's Web Radio. This is Jim Davis with Operation Santa. Each year, we purchase Christmas gifts for all of the children of all Georgia servicemen and women who are deployed overseas during the holidays. Our annual fundraising event, 
the Freedom Fighters Open Golf Tournament is being held on Friday, November 6th at the Bridge Mill Golf Club in Canton, Georgia. I would like to personally invite you to join us in raising money to support Georgia's troops and their families. For more information and to register a team, go to OperationSanta.org. McAllister's Auto Transport is a privately held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800 748-3160, or you can reach us on the web at mccollisters.com, and that's M-C-C-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S.com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old-town, old-school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. Hey folks, this is Victor Armendariz with the On Point with Victor show. You ever find yourself wondering if you're getting the truth or can you find the truth? Well, don't fear. Tune in every Tuesday, 2 to 3, right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show, where I won't sugarcoat a thing. I'm going to tell you how it is. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the final segment of... Healthcare Insight on America's Web Radio. We've been talking today about a new way to reform health insurance. I called it personalized health insurance, getting the insurance that you want, getting the coverage you need in order to access the health care that your family so desperately needs at the right time. So let's continue the discussion and explanation of what personalized health insurance is. Certainly the overall concept of getting what you need, what's personalized to your individual and family concerns, not what some bureaucrat in Washington wants you to have, not what some lobbyist has promoted through legislation or regulation that forces you to get something, have some coverage that you don't want and just increases the price for everybody but the insurance companies benefit by selling more product that you don't really want to buy. So let's talk about personalized health insurance as a private market solution. It's ready to go. It's something that can be done today. It can be, it's something that can be implemented at the state level and certainly be better if it's done at the federal level so that we have a standardized legislative structure that creates a private free market system and gets away from this government control that we've had forever. Whether the government control was when was pre-Obamacare, when there was too many regulations, too much structure, too many insurance company lobbyists setting the rules and regulations back then, too many mandates, and now we have Obamacare, which goes even further and forces you to buy things that you really don't want. So personalized health insurance is a voluntary, hassle-free idea that focuses on the importance of health insurance affordability and choice. It does not mandate any plan design. With personalized health insurance premiums, lower premiums are available with 15 to 20% reductions are possible. So how do we get there? How do we allow for that? How do we make that po- uh, available and possible? 
for consumers to be able to access something that they really want and need and do it on a, on a volunteer basis. But make sure that everybody has access to coverage and make sure that everybody somehow or other has got their health care that they're going to need in any kind of an emergency. Because we don't leave people on the side of the road that are injured because they don't have an insurance card. We're going to take care of everybody under this approach. Now, follow me as we explore these solutions. Personalized health insurance is that private free market solution. Its strength is that it provides unique solutions depending upon your health profile and where you get your health insurance, either from an employer or you purchase it as an individual. So let me explain. Let's assume that you and I are one of over 200 million Americans in one of four categories. We either work for a large employer-sponsored plan where the employer is subsidizing uh, the premiums to a significant significant degree to be sure that their employees are covered or two we're working for a small employer sponsored plan and they also significantly subsidize the purchase of insurance so neither of the large employer or small employer sponsored plans require government subsidies the subsidy is coming from the employer because they're benefiting from a healthier population a more productive population of workers three we're individually purchasing health insurance is the other category. Or four, we're uninsured. So those are the four categories that I want to review and show how personalized health insurance would work in each of those four categories. You're either with a large employer, a small employer, individually purchased, or you may be one of the 28 million people that even with Obamacare in place are still uninsured. So let's dig a little deeper and find out which category you're in. I know which one I'm in, but which one are you in as we think through this on this program? If you're in a group plan, that was an employer plan, and you're either in the large or the small groups, it may be a self-insured plan or a fully insured plan. Now, I don't want to get into you know, the insider language, but these are two words that are important to understand if we're looking at how any kind of reform would take place and sort of what the current marketplace is. So you're either self-insured, your employer is either self-insuring the plan or they're fully insured. And so if you're uncertain, ask somebody in your human resources department when you go back to the job, and they'll tell you it's not a secret which way it's being financed by the employer. And if you can't reach your HR department now or you just want to continue with this following me through this process, check with them later. Generally, if your company has fewer than 50 employees, it's fully insured. If it's more than 300 employees, it's probably self-insured. Now, what does that mean? Well, self-insured is that the employer is paying an organization usually just to process the paperwork. It may be an insurance company that they're just processing the paperwork, but the actual claims that are generated are the responsibility of the employer. So the employer is actually paying the claims out of their accounts, not the insurance company's accounts. They're just paying the insurance company to do some processing. If it's a fully insured plan, then your employer is paying a fixed amount of money to the insurance company and the claims are actually being paid out of the insurance company's accounts and the employer is not responsible for anything beyond 
the premiums that they're actually paying. So let's try to answer these questions to determine where you are. Uh, do you work for a large uh, self-insured employer? Well, these companies provide employer-subsidized health plans to over 120 million employees and the family members. In a self-insured group plan, the employer pays the claims and utilizes an administrator, sometimes an insurance company, to manage claims and other services such as legal, actuarial, educational, enrollment services. That comes from the insurance company that is really only acting as an administrator and not really as a, an insurer. Uh, the employer is at risk and is responsible for paying the claims, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, employees through staff surveys and working with the HR department can have a big impact on the coverages and the cost of insurance. So if the employer is paying that in this self-insured arrangement, you have a much stronger, at least potentially, a much stronger voice with the HR department because the employer is paying the claim. So they're going to listen to the employees about what kind of coverages they want, what kind of educational support they want, those sorts of things. So do you work for a small, fully insured employer? These companies provide employer-subsidized health plans to about 45 million employees and family members. A fully insured health plan is one in which an employer pays a fixed premium to an insurance carrier for payment of claims and other services. The insurer is then at risk and is responsible for paying any claims. In a small company, Individual voices and concerns are more likely to be heard. So talk to your benefit manager about options and alternatives. So in a, a large company that's self-insured, they'll listen to you because the employer wants to save money since it's coming out of their pocket. In a small company, your voice is likely to be heard. If you don't like an insurance company, you can change from Blue Cross Blue Shield to United to Humana to Kaiser. So you'll have a small, a larger voice in a small company about who that insurance carrier is if you're not getting the services that you need for yourself and your family. So be aware that you have a voice in either case. The third category, do you need an individual policy because you're self-employed or your employer does not offer health insurance and many small employers under 50 lives do not even offer health insurance. And some that do don't provide enough subsidy for employees to pick up and pay for their coverage, even though they're only paying for portions. And there's about 15 million people who have individual policies in this country. In 2019, 1.4 million people purchased individual policies through the federal exchanges, which is a government structure set up under Obamacare. Another 3.6 million purchased insurance directly from insurers. So you can get your individual policy either way. If it's in an exchange, it's probably heavily subsidized by the federal government based upon your level of income. If you're buying it directly, you probably are making enough money as a self-employed individual that you're not getting any help from the federal government anyway, so you want to go out and buy what it is that you can buy in the free market and get what you want rather than what some bureaucrat says you should get. So if you need insurance now, really the best thing is to talk to an insurance agent. They're still around. They're still valuable uh, resources for you to go to and explain your family needs, your budget, your health concerns. And if you want changes to what should be available in other forms of insurance, other reform ideas, then this program on developing personalized health insurance is really what you're looking for. Are you without any insurance? There's an estimated 28 million who are uninsured in 2019. 
some uninsured are between jobs and can't afford what's called COBRA. It's a continuation of coverage from your employer, but usually has an extra cost. And there's no gut, no employer subsidy, so you're picking up the full cost. The majority of the uninsured are really what I call the working poor. They're without access to employer-subsidized health insurance. Others would purchase insurance if only affordable insurance was available to meet their unique needs. Some are simply uninsured by choice. I'm young and healthy, and I don't want insurance, and you can't make me buy it, and so they're just uninsured by choice. Now, reflect on the reason you're, you are uninsured, if that's the case. If you're between jobs, then this COBRA continuation of coverage may be the answer. A temporary six-month catastrophic plan may meet your needs. And for longer-term coverage, again, see an insurance agent and price a plan that meets your budget. There's another approach here if you're not falling into something that is really available today. And for most people, what's available today is not adequate or is too expensive. So we want to talk about, in this series of programs, your involvement and how your vote can make a difference. There's an old saying that legislation tends to crowd out the future. That means that once government gets control, it's really hard to change and modernize programs. That's why what I'm offering up is our ideas and solutions or reform ideas for those plans substantially provided by the federal government that I kind of want to just put off the table because I can't change those programs very easily. It's Medicare, Medicaid, veterans health programs, TRICARE, that's military coverage or health care for uh, children, the children's health insurance plan, sometimes called CHIPS. I can't deal with those because they're so ingrained right now. That's a whole different approach to dealing with the um, inefficiencies of those programs and the wastefulness of those programs. And too often, though, if you try to do anything with the free market and the $200 million that are covered by private health insurance, and you swing in that comprehensive plan of Medicare, Medicaid, and others, you get accused of hurting the poor and throwing grandmother over the cliff. So let's set those programs aside for separate actions and focus on the 200 million Americans getting health insurance in the private market. That's what I really want to do with the follow-up to this week's program, and we're going to get in next week's more and more detail of exactly what personalized health insurance will look like and how it will help you and your family. So please join me next week as we go into the idea of what a real private free market solution is that will save you money, cover pre-existing conditions, be available to everybody, and that health insurance is established with free market solutions to help the consumer and health care is provided to anybody and everybody who needs it in a new system that doesn't require government mandates and big government watching over everybody and telling you what you need and what you should get. So join me next week. I look forward to flushing out these ideas more with you. And we'll end the program right now with a thank you for listening and hope you'll be back next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.